So this is episode 10 of From Maine with Love, an Allagash Brewing podcast where we talk about beer, our community here in Maine, and things that generally make us happy. This is a super fun episode. Uh, we were talking to uh, three of our friends from over at Warren Avenue, our warehouse, uh, where we yep. have so many different materials uh, and just a lot of interesting stuff. How we handle barrels, how we move them off the truck. How we uh, throw them on mattresses very yes. safely. Very uh, safely. Actually yeah. safely. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, grain the quality of the grain that we're getting in, quality of all the materials we're getting in, how long it takes to, uh, you know, how far in advance we are working to yeah. make sure that we have everything we need. They're logistical wizards, I would say, they, 100%. Um, is the key takeaway that I have from that yeah. chat. Yeah. Uh, and so you might even hear what the oddest thing we have in our warehouse is. Actually, you will, because we asked that question. So if that sounds good to you, give it a listen. Uh, we had a great time. So with me today, I'm Brett Willis. I have Liz Wilson here, also on the marketing team. Hello, hello. Hi, Liz. Uh, and Pete Tenoya, our Senior Manager of Supply Chain and Warehouse Operations. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Dave Perry, our Warehouse Operations Specialist. Howdy. And Mitch Turgeon, Warehouse Manager. So we're going to be talking about a fundamental part of how we make beer, and that part uh, takes place in the Allagash Warehouse. And so there's so much of what goes into uh, what goes on in the warehouse, ordering materials, storing materials, quality control, shipping beer, and these uh, three will be able to tell us quite a bit more. Um, so I'm really excited, but before we get into the warehouse, I have some other questions. And I'm going to start with Dave. Yes. Dave, what is your preferred strike in bowling? Is it a normal strike or is it like a, a Brooklyn strike or is it one where the messenger comes across and does a little? I mean, as long as they're going down, I'm taking a strike any way I can get it. Uh, I like a Brooklyn strike. Most people get down on a Brooklyn strike. I love a Brooklyn strike. Like you think that it's a terrible shot and then you get them all down. It's a great feeling. I'll, I'll let everyone know what a Brooklyn strike is. Yeah, a normal strike is when do. you, <laughs> well, first you have to go to Brooklyn. No, you, you travel, <laughs> you shoot the ball. And when it's a normal strike, it hits, uh, between what I looked, I had to look this up before, but it's the one in the three pen. Right. And so Brooklyn is when it actually goes and crosses the middle of the lane and hits the opposite two pins. And so it kind of it just kind of knocks them over from the other side. Mm. Uh, so, Dave, I used to use a lane like a lane ball, a ball that you like that you get at the bowling lanes. I didn't have my own ball. And like that was for some reason the way that I could get strikes was with Brooklyn strikes. So I'd actually shoot for them, which is not a good strategy. Uh, I learned. No. Nope. Hey, as long as they go down, they go down. Uh, but yeah. Usually I'm aiming for the right side, the normal strike right between the one and the three. But if they're sure. ending up on the left side of the head pin, I'm, I'm going to keep shooting that shot until it stops working. <laughs> Dude, are you still using those gutter guards or have you graduated from those? <laughs> <laughs> I usually try and grab the, uh, the little uh, slide for the ball before I get uh, nice and spinny and then right down. No, I... Uh, little dinosaur shaped. <laughs> <laughs> again as long as they go down yeah yes yes all right pete uh so in another life you worked for a company that makes or made cookies makes cookies do you happen to have a favorite cookie Ooh, that's a good one um i did i actually spent a little time in my previous life at a company called nabisco and um 
you know, I would probably say an Oreo. I mean, who can't go wrong with the twist liquor oh, dunk that uh, so promotions good. that we always did? You know, I'd say the Oreo. Mm. I a little uh, uh, lore for myself. You know the Costco uh, Oreo sized, like the where they have the sleeves you could pull out. Oh yeah. yeah. I think it was 10 hours of sleep. I don't think I actually know it was 10 hours of sleep because I would literally take a sleep out when I was in high school and playing a lot of sports and I could do this and I would just eat 10 Oreos. That was my serving size. Mm. So uh, we always had a slogan. We'll make more. So uh, we appreciate your, uh, your business. That's for sure. I, I helped it. Yes. Awesome. All right, Mitch, what I know, I know you play golf. So what is your favorite type of club to hit? Are you a fan of driver, you irons, wedges, putter? Yeah, it's a tough question. Um, probably depends on the day because I'm not good enough where I'm consistent <laughs> with the same clubs all the time. Sure. So some days the driver is my favorite club. Some days the putter is my favorite club. Uh, but I would say, you know, definitely the driver it feels the best when you're hitting it well. Um, you know, it can make for a long day on the golf course when the driver is not um, your friend. Um, yes. Spend a lot of time in the woods looking for your golf ball. <laughs> Was you a golfer? No, nor a bowler. So um, oh, okay. I can't add much, but I'm an avid cookie eater. So nice. um, I just had a couple Oreos before this. Um, so I'm feeling good. But I feel like before we jump really in, Brett, you mentioned Warren Av at the top of the show. Yes. Can Dave, P, or Mitch explain what Warren Av is? Because I bet a lot of people don't know that the warehouse is actually not directly at the brewery. Sure. So, um, yeah, like you said, Warren Ave is, is uh, where we're located, which is about two miles down the road from the brewery. Um, you know, we have a 70,000 square foot facility here and, you know, basically house most of the material that the brewery uses, um, here at, at Warren Ave. And, uh, we truck the material back and forth from, from Warren Ave to the brewery. I think the big thing too, about, um, just the fact that we're not on site at the brewery, <clears throat> excuse me. It just takes a lot of coordination as to what you know what goes on each and every day to Mitch's point, the um, receiving of inbound goods, the outbound shipments that take place, and then the back and forth that we do to support the brewery each and every day. It um, from a logistics perspective, it's 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 really about just being turnkey in what we do and having very good processes and procedures. And you know, these two folks that are on the other end of the the call here from a warm perspective do it very, very well concurred didn't we didn't we win some award or haven't we gotten some recognition as being like wholesale i feel like there's a big kudos due to to your team number one what was yeah number one was was it tamaron is that what it is it was tamaron it was and uh just an annual survey of our wholesalers and uh we were very fortunate to be recognized as one of the top supply chains uh based on the survey that they did so we learned a lot from it we're we're excited by it, but we also know that there's always a lot of work to be done each and every day to get the best beer out there and support them. So, yeah, it's, it was cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, <clears throat> sorry, I have a question that's kind of – it's right in line with that. So let's say 
everything's going great at the warehouse. Like it's running smoothly. What would you say the three of you are the things that are going right to allow for that to happen? Ooh, that's a great question. Nice. Dave, Mitch, you want to take a crack at that? Sure. Uh, I mean, I'm first shift, so making sure that I got a nice, fresh cup of coffee in the morning for everybody is key. Uh, I think yeah. that that definitely helps smooth things over for everybody to start the day. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I do a lot of shipping and receiving, so trucks showing up, taking care of those in a timely manner. That way we don't fall behind or... We have a schedule that we try to keep to too. So trying to keep that all in order is very important, especially for timing things up when things need to go to the brewery, things of that nature. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing for me, you know, when things are going smoothly is, um, you know, I kind of think of it as the brewery is our customer. And so we want to make sure um, they have what they need when they need it. Um, so the biggest thing for me is, you know, if I don't hear anything, um, you know, they're not emailing us, Hey, we need this last minute or, Hey, we're running out of this. That's usually a good sign. That usually means that, you know, the, the folks who are driving the trucks are on top of things. Um, we're, we're driving the trucks in a timely manner and, and delivering what they need. Um, so basically as long as I'm not hearing anything, um, from the brewery, like, Oh, we need something ASAP or running out of this. It's usually means things are going pretty well. And, uh, and I'm happy. <laughs> that reminds me so much of like it where it's like, all right, you never <laughs> notice when it is going great. And then it's only when things are going down. So much appreciated then. Mm. It, it's interesting because during the uh, pandemic, one thing Rob said to, you know, pretty much all of us was don't run out of beer. And, um, yeah. I think that challenge was taken on by everybody. Um, the one thing I would add to that we are really fortunate that we have great suppliers that we work with and, you know, some of our challenges can become their challenges and or vice versa. So I think the success of what we do here, really a lot of it starts with them and making sure that they have what they need to provide us with what we need. So it, it really works nice from an external perspective, but certainly as Dave and Mitch described from an internal perspective as well. I just wanted to follow up quickly too, like on the suppliers, like, I guess it's kind of a later question, I think, but like the thought of, so what sort of suppliers do we work with? Like, you know, what sort of inputs are there for the brewing process? You know, that's a, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, we have suppliers that, you know, truthfully span the globe. I mean, we get some of our, our bottles in from Europe. We get um, bottles in from Canada. We get, cans we get grains domestically um we get some of our um packaging believe it or not from italy so lead times are important with our suppliers and we work very closely with them but um it really does vary across the the globe a lot obviously domestically and i would say very close in you know, the state of maine we do a lot of work with different suppliers from a, a truly from a grain perspective and um, we're proud of what they do for us, and we're proud of what we do for them. So it's uh, they keep us on our toes, but we work really closely with them on a day-in and day-out basis. Yeah, that's awesome. 
And then I think just to sort of follow up on that, can you talk a little bit about how the quality of beer comes into play at the warehouse? So any of that grain sensory or quality sensors and trucks or sort of what does that look like on on your end um, before things actually head over to the brewery? We definitely have all sorts of QC checks and, uh, you know, just like you bring up a couple of them like, oh, yeah. It's kind of, you know, when you start peeling it back, so there's a lot. But, you know, certainly, like you said, starting out with incoming grain, uh, you know, we, we do QC checks on all the batches of grain that we get in to make sure, you know, the quality is um, is where it's supposed to be. There isn't any issues, um, which, you know, has happened in the past. And luckily, we've caught in some. So, uh, you know, that's great that we do that. Uh, to QC checks, um, you know, with lab beer, um, you know, every batch of beer is tasted on a panel before, um, before it's released to the public. And, you know, part of my job is I help kind of, um, the lab over at the brewery, um, kind of archive the beer. And, um, when they make the requests, we send that over and, and then also like, do follow-up checks as need be. So we store all the lab beer in the, in our warm room as well um, to, to, you know, something that Dave's can speak to, which is, you know, doc checks. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of, to touch on something that Mitch said earlier, um, treating the brewery almost like uh, there are customer um, everything that goes over there has either been checked to make sure that it is good to go. We rework the kegs to make sure that the pallets are good enough to be worked over there. And there are no flying kegs around at the brewery. You know, that's the last thing we want, but the grain is checked right as it comes in to make sure that that's up to our standards before it makes it to the brewery. So the brewers don't have to worry about, you know, X, Y, and Z on, why, why is this pallet all screwed up? Why is this grain leaking? You know, they don't usually have to deal with any of that. Hopefully we've caught in that as it's come off the truck or while it's in our warehouse. Um, but yeah, in terms of shipping trucks, there's, we have a whole process of checking that the order has everything that we need on it and making sure that everything has shipped properly on their truck, making sure that their truck is up to our standards. There aren't holes and divots in the in the truck so when people are loading and unloading we don't want our product to get damaged so there's a lot of checking and double checking and triple checking to make sure that things are um you know up to our standards which are you know don't damage cases everything that should ship is shipped um so yeah quality is definitely at the forefront of our thinking yeah. And one part of one specific part, I feel like that I thought was just so interesting was that grain sensory panel of like, you know, how do you check grain? And so it's yeah. I mean, does do one of you want to speak to like literally what that is? Federico is our grain master over here. So he's he does a lot of our QC checks when they come in. Basically, every time we receive in grain um, and it's a new batch, we'll set one aside and, you know, a lot of it are in 50 pound bags. So he'll just cut a little hole, take a sample and we check for, you know, you do a visual inspection, make sure there's no pests or anything in there that the, um, 
you know, they're not sprouting or they don't look weird or the colors off. Um, we have samples of basically what grain should look like. And then also, you know, we'll do, we get 2000 pound super sacks of grain as well, which, um, you know, we have the, the boomstick, I think is what they call it, which is like a large, um, stick that they'll, they'll actually open up the super sack from the top and stick the, stick the boomstick down inside. And it just collects a sample all throughout the, uh, the bag and, and Federico will also check the, um, like again, the same thing, the moisture content and stuff like that to make sure, um, you know, the grain is not, you know, high moisture, which can cause issues in the brewing process. You might have some issues with even potential grain storage, um, like capabilities or even potential like compost, like we've had an inch situation in the past where potentially like grain was starting to go bad very quickly because the moisture content was so high. So all of those processes are kind of in place um, for good reasons. We found stuff over the years and make in ensuring that the products we're getting in are, are uh, okay to use. Awesome. Don't you like steep it and sip, sip it too? Is that right? Dave, you want to speak to that? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Weekly we do a, uh, like a malt sensory, um, Keith who works over here. He, uh, yeah. he's in charge of all of that. And we have like random sampling. So he'll just take some grain that we have lying around and he'll steep it for us. And we go to draft labs, great little application to, um, fill out all of the, all of the information about what we're seeing and what we're tasting and what it looks like. And, uh, that all goes back to how we describe how this grain is going to taste in our beer. Uh, I'm sure you, you guys can speak to how those sensory things are so important for, um, you know, what the consumer can expect when we use those grains. It's like a little grain tea. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Pete, you're gonna love this question. Could you tell me about the focus on safety in the warehouse? Nice. That's a great question. Um, You know, we obviously everything that the teams described, we take safety very seriously. It's it's at the you know front and center of everything that we do. We have been really fortunate over the years. Um, We've gone over. 2200 days without a lost time injury and i say that because it's really a team effort of you know kind of how we view safety um the processes and procedures that we have from a training perspective we don't just allow someone to jump on a forklift or get behind the wheel of a truck um there's different aspects of the training requirements that we you know look for and we we want to make sure folks possess um i'm wearing a high-vis vest as you can see yeah. And um, I didn't have one on the other day, and two folks out in the warehouse called me out and said, "Hey, what are you doing out in the warehouse without a high vis vest?" So, I mean, that's <laughs> kind of cool. It's it's the the atmosphere that we work in, and um, it really makes sure that we have each other's back each and every day. So, yeah, safety is really important to us, and not only here at Warren Avenue, but throughout the brewery, um, you'll see there's not a moment that doesn't go by that, that people are either talking about safety or making sure that we're safe in a particular um, function that we're doing or an application that we're working on. 
Yes, it's like a, a neon dream over there. I feel like it's uh, it's good and it's helpful to find <laughs> to be able to find you all amongst the sea of cans and other things over there. So, um, the can city, sea of cans. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, so I think sort of going back to sort of the logistics in the day and the you know day in and day out. Um, how far in advance are we working to make sure we have what we need to brew beer? And I know there was probably, there's probably many answers to this question and I'm sure now is longer than it's ever been if I was willing to (laughs) wager a bet. But, um, can you talk a little bit about the supply chain and just how far in advance we're ordering things? I know, you know, everything from, getting cans in to the for grain recently so uh yeah just talk to us a little bit about that you know it's interesting the um pandemic has put supply chains probably upside down and and we've had our challenges certainly throughout the last couple of years i would say liz that you know our relationship with our suppliers has really is very, very strong and has really given us the ability to look out in advance as to what the needs are that, that they need from the perspective of getting us the materials and the packaging and everything else that goes along with it, but also our internal processes. We have a very robust um, beer-to-market pipeline. We talk about the inception of a beer to all to getting it to market, as well as a very robust um, twice-a-week forecast cross-functional meeting that we have with various members across various departments. Um, Our suppliers have been tremendous throughout the pandemic. They've really helped us to understand how far out they need from a lead time perspective. Some are five weeks, some need some (laughs) forecasts that are 14 weeks out. So today's, you know, end of June, we're talking to some of our suppliers about orders that we need in October, November, December right now. Hmm. So we have to look out pretty far to ensure that we have what we need to brew the beer, not only from a packaging perspective, but from a raw material perspective. So staying very close with our suppliers is is critical. Um, also from the perspective of whether it's a keg, a can, or a bottle, um, we need to make sure that we have every type of packaging ingredient for not only something that we're carrying today, but something that we be, may be introducing down the line. So relationships are very healthy and, and we really work hard to make sure that they have what they need so we can have what we, we need when we need it. Yeah. No, I think. Uh... <laughs> I'll say Pete's being pretty modest. Yeah. Pete's being pretty modest there, I would say. Um you know, just, just to build on that, I think Pete and the rest of the supply chain crew, um, you know, Donnie, Don and Dave, um, the amount of work, like Pete alluded to with the pandemic, the amount of work they put in just um, making sure um, we have the materials when we need it, um, securing tr- – I mean, over the past few years, it's almost been – the supply chain like yeah. hits different things at different times and their ability to kind of um, pivot when they need to, whether it was, you know, like Pete alluded to, like um, lead times on certain products just happen to keep expanding with, you know, last minute 
Um, and, he, and he, his ability to forecast that out to, you know, there was a, a huge demand on uh, securing freight um, and, and having to, the struggles of dealing with getting trucks in here to ship out our products and the amount of work that took um, and, and making sure that we could make ensure that our wholesalers weren't running out of beer to just, just, you know, making sure during the pandemic, um, acquiring supplies for our, our staff, you know, to continue to work during the pandemic was a struggle. Um, so that whole supply chain crew really deserves a lot of credit. I think, um, um, obviously it was not easy for anybody to work through the pandemic, but certainly the supply chain challenges, uh, did not make things easy. So I think I just, just, <laughs> just, I just want to say something. I think Pete was being a little modest yeah. there. So <clears throat> it's a total to team effort. Through. Trust me. <laughs> we, um, Brett and I both work closely on that beer to market team. And I think there is so much organization that goes into that entire process. I'm so continually impressed by that. And I, you know, I think we've talked a lot about our inbound supplies, but getting, Mitch, to your point, our beer out there into our wholesalers warehouse and on the shelves for people to enjoy and making sure there's not out of stocks and that the beer is fresh and high quality. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to be able to work with Don on, on you know, understanding <laughs> what beer goes where. And, you know, that is just an incredible process that, you know, he, he keeps organized, too. So, um, yeah, I, a lot of work goes into to that aspect of getting the beer on the shelves. And, you know, Liz, you bring up a really good point. I mean, we ship beer from Maine to, I call it Maine to Miami, basically, you know, Maine to Florida. Um, Go to every state in between, go out to to Chicago, Wisconsin, California. Um, Having the right beer at the right time at the right spot is critical. And um, this team, they they do it flawlessly. And I think at times it's like transparent to the, the customer and the, the moment of truth of reaching at the shelf and, and finding the beer, being in the restaurant, our, our, our beer is on tap. So a lot of work goes into this. And the neat thing is the cross-functional teamwork that people work on each and every day really is the secret of our success. Totally. I, that's like kind of what's been going through my head during this whole conversation is thinking of that, that sort of transparency and communication that we have, you know, in the warehouse, between the warehouse and the brewery, like, you know, everyone is very aware of what is happening in other places and in a deliberate way, you know, we have these meetings set up to have the conversations that wouldn't happen otherwise so that you can know all this stuff. And I will also say just having peered into the window of like logistics, it like breaks my brain trying to think of all the different (laughs) things you guys have to coordinate. Like, I feel like there's the, there are like different analogies for it, but it makes me think of like, I'm a fish who would be trying to walk if I was trying to do that. Like, I just have, feel like that's not how my brain works. So kudos to all of you for doing it so well. Cause it's, it's uh, critical. It's crazy. So we had last year, our first uh, paid warehouse intern. Um, and I just, I'm interested to just talk to you guys. Cause I think all of you kind of had uh, different roles in it. I know Dave, you were, you were a mentor, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, if you just speak more about that, that uh, paid intern experience, I just am interested to hear uh, from you guys about it. Sure. Uh, I can start. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last summer, boy, was it a busy summer. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we had a couple of new faces at the warehouse, so it was definitely a learning curve because be- prior to that, I got hired before COVID right. happened and there were no other new hires until these two came in last summer. So I was excited to not be the new guy. I was like, all right, let's go. <laughs> um, so yeah, to have the opportunity to work with Langaba, our, uh, the intern uh, who we had last summer, who is still with us now currently, uh, was amazing. I mean, it was just so good to have a complete different perspective of warehousing. I had come from a working in a warehouse. I had a little bit of experience, so I kind of knew what to expect. But he came in really fresh, just didn't really know our beer at all, didn't really know the warehousing or the beer industry. And um, he just was so, and still is just so uh, positive and uh, like just comes to work with such a great attitude, uh, ready to learn, um, which fits the Allagash vibe uh since i got here just everybody's so interested to hear what you're up to and what you did what you know what have you been up to what do you like to do um so yeah it's been a great experience it's been great to have them on the team it's awesome and just, so just to make it clear we hired langaba after he's so he's not still an intern he's actually a full-time employee now <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yes dave did a great tra- uh, job training him and um yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be a summer position, and after not, we didn't have to have a very detailed conversation. It was very <laughs> clear that um, Lingama needed to be uh, an, uh, a great member of this team and has worked diligently to really learn the ropes of what we do over here. So, yeah, he's, he's doing great. That's awesome. I don't know, Brett. These next questions, they're kind of fun. Getting getting some different territory. It's true. Nice. <laughs> We're getting so the warehouse is rather large, as we mentioned. What, seventy thousand? Is that what you said? Seventy thousand square feet. That's big. Um, Correct. It's a big warehouse. So, what is some of the oddest stuff we have in our warehouse? Does anything take the cake for like the oddest thing you've come across? <laughs> Uh, oh, boy. Mitch, yeah, Mitch, please. <laughs> well, we do have like one section of the warehouse where we just kind of <laughs> collect a lot of things. I kind of refer to it as the junk drawer of Allagash Brewing Company. It just seems like everything, you name it, is in there. Um, I found myself scavenging in there plenty of times for stuff. I don't know. It's That's like a treasure trove of things, mm-hmm. too. We've got... Um, some old brewing equipment back there. There's like an old louder town and an old whirlpool that's just kind of hanging out back there. Oh. Um, the Pinewood Derby track is a good one. Um, we used to do uh, some company parties and we had a tradition every year where, you know, we would build uh, Pinewood Derby cars and we have like a real track um, that's pretty legit. Um, and you know race them on that track that was always a good time that's that's stowed away over there so this one this one this one might be a little selfish i don't know i i, I just wanted to ask it but we've been hearing about uh barbecues at the warehouse Ooh. what's the deal with uh with barbecues over there how you get an invite to one of those yeah let's go pete <laughs> how you get a little brecky sandwich how you Tell get them all a about sandwich it, over man. to pie? 
you just have to stop by. I mean, <laughs> we're, oh, we, um, the secrets out, you know, just swing by. We'll see what's on the menu for that day and we'll whip you up something. I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. I, I've, I'll add on to this. So <laughs> this is partially a joke, but I do really want to go to the barbecue. But I, I feel like it, it underscores a point of like you guys and your whole team is so accommodating to helping people when they stop by. Like you you said, yeah, just stop by. But it's like I actually will take you at your word for that because I feel like there are so many times where like, hey, we just need like these seven random things, you know, and oh, dang, we need it tomorrow or we need it like later today. And like I go showing up expecting to have to like re-explain or like oh sorry I just like, and it's like on a pallet sitting there perfectly labeled right where I need to pick it up like without fail so thank you for yeah. accommodating our many uh, requests. <laughs> that we have. Well, I think you know honestly, Mitch hit the nail on the head earlier. Um, honestly, everybody's a customer, and we want to make sure that we can provide the best service. So you know we thank you for the kind words but truthfully it's it's really in our dna and what we do every day so um it was interesting i was somebody was tapping on my window right now trying to grab a used barrel and um (laughs) (laughs) you guys all know about barrels oh yeah Yeah, i mean we really yeah we really do just try to be accommodating and and um it doesn't take long just to go out of our way and you know do whatever it is that we need to do whether it's internally within the company or externally so um you know, we thrive on that and we like to have fun. We don't, we don't, Warren Avenue, we don't take ourselves seriously. We, we really do like to have fun and, and make it a good time and make it a fun place to come to work. Yeah. I'm always trying to grab pro tips from the, the Warren Ave team because I feel like, you know, I don't know. We could use, we could use a breakfast sandwich party or some <laughs> high vis gear. Uh, but we're not, we're not, we're not there yet. <laughs> we got it. The next, uh, the next barbecue, you guys will be on the invite. Um, <laughs> but I feel like something we didn't state from the outset, which might be kind of obvious, but maybe not, is like what what is in our warehouse um, aside from sort of the strange things. But what is what what are we keeping in our warehouse? Yes, it's a great question. Um, you know, raw material. So grains, hops, um, different ingredients that are needed for the brewery to brew the beer. And from a packaging perspective, whether it's bottles, cans, labels, cartons, trays, things along those lines. Um, So, you know, really anything that's from an ingredient perspective or anything that's from a packaging perspective is kept over here at the warehouse. Um, We try to keep our inventory levels I wouldn't say just in time, but we do build in safety stock, particularly with things that are going on right now from a supply chain perspective. But really what we what we do every day is we send over to the brewery what they need to either make the beer or package the beer, and then that comes back as finished goods. So not a lot is left over at the brewery. It's pretty much a, like a hub-and-spoke model where everything's kind of here at the mothership, and then we'll send it over, and then it ultimately comes back. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, our warehouse is broken up into three different um, locations. We have a dry storage. We have what we call a warm room where the beer is kept at 72 degrees. And that beer um, is is bottle conditioned, as you mentioned, Matt. And it'll stay over there in that section of the warehouse, depending on the beer type, anywhere from, on average, seven days to 21 days. 
And then once we're given the okay from a quality perspective, um, our QC team will test various aspects of the beer. They'll give us the green light to do what we call migrate the beer, meaning that we can move it from the warm room at about 72 degrees over to the cold room, which is about 50 to 55 degrees. And at that point, that beer is um, gotten the green light to release to our various wholesalers. So um, from that aspect of the warehouse to Mitch's point earlier, dry storage, warm room, cold room, all under 70,000 square feet, sectioned into three different um, or, or, or in three different sections. It gives us a lot of flexibility to move around if we need to um, the general dynamics of the building um, to support the growth of the business. So it's, it's pretty cool, pretty unique. But um, it's a very structured process as to what goes on each and every day here at Warren. And just to kind of elaborate real quick on one topic, the bottle conditioning, like that is basically a re-fermentation inside the bottle. So the idea being we ferment it pretty much most of the way or just a little bit, and then if it gets goes through the bottling line, gets a little bit of extra yeast and sugar added to the bottle, each bottle or can itself, and then it goes to the warm room. It needs to be warm for that yeast to be able to eat that last little bit of sugar or whatever it's eating, and then that's when it comes up to full fermentation. Um, so, yes, definitely more QC involved in that process. Uh, warm. Not things. complicated at all. No, oh, yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> no, not I really, at all. I really explained it too long. <laughs> I definitely don't understand that process. <laughs> Uh, all right. We, we said we were going to, and now we are going to, you want to talk about barrels? Yeah. Barrels. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I guess where do we, I mean, we have a lot of barrels. Uh, we have a lot of barrels because we make curio among other things that we have in barrels, but do you want to talk to us about the barrel bonanza is that where we want to go with this <laughs> we, or not? we were but we weren't we're right. not gonna do it anymore that's true or we're mm. not doing it this year but we have done it so okay. i don't know yeah so let i i think that's a great it's a great segue um yes we purchased barrels from jim beam and um they're predominantly four years old and to your point liz we use those for barrel aged beers uh, curio, triple barrel and bean. We only use them once. And then what we do is we will resell them. And we'll resell them to either um, various suppliers here that use the barrels for different concepts here in the state of Maine, or we'll sell them to the general public. Um, the last few years, we've had a um, fun little activity called the Barrel Bonanza, where we sell barrels to the general public in the first year we did it, I think we sold a few barrels. We thought we were going to sell maybe $500 worth of barrels, um, donate the monies to a local school, and lo and behold, we sold about $12,000 worth of barrels. So we really we really overshot with regards to what our expectations were, which is so cool. And um, the last few years we've had – last year we did one for food insecurity. And the proceeds of about $30,000 went to food insecurity across various organizations within the state of Maine. The reason that we're 
not having a bonanza this year and where it's open to the general public to sell barrels and as well as our suppliers is because truthfully as quickly as we empty barrels we're selling them hmm. and um we've had folks call looking for 20 barrels 40 barrels 15 barrels um a lot of bulk sales so the intent this year is to fulfill our commitments to generate certainly a portion of the sales to uh, again, food insecurity across the state. Um, but the good news is we're able to move these barrels very quickly, sell them to the general public or and or our suppliers, um, not take up valuable space in the warehouse, mm. but also support some very, very, um, you know, causes across the state of Maine that we believe deeply in as a company. Is a... Uh... I just, just because it's popped in my head, isn't one of the people we sell barrels to named Bobby the Barrel Man? Shout out to Bobby the Barrel Man. Shout out. <laughs> oh, yeah. So if you're wondering who we sell Rich barrels and David. to. <clears throat> yeah, they're tight with Bobby the Barrel Man. Oh, are so, we ever? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not leaving any yeah, ambiguity in his business model. He's a barrel man. Mm-hmm. He's a barrel man. He's the barrel man. Uh, yeah, when we unload a barrel truck, it's a full tractor trailer barrel stacked three high it's a very sticky situation i mean just we can sweat the we feel the whiskey just on us <laughs> on a hot day and this guy bobby the barrel man just shows up and wrangles these barrels around like they're nothing it's the craziest thing to watch and he's a lot older than i am and he has no problem slinging these things into his truck so he really is the barrel man. That's amazing. He, he lives we up have, to the name. We yeah. have a barrel that we cut in half and use as planters, and I can't even move one half of the barrel <laughs> when it's full of dirt <laughs> and with yeah. a plant. So that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. what's an empty not like, what's an empty barrel weigh? Yeah, yeah. Oh. What are we calling that? Like say guys hundred pounds? Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, because they're unwieldy. They are very big. They are. They are very big. They're no fun. Yeah, there's no you, way to get around. You got to know how to how to maneuver them. Otherwise, it's the heaviest thing in the world. Um, Bobby is clearly a veteran, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. So here's what we were thinking. We were thinking the next um, marketing barbecue that we do over here will oh, invite you, you to the day that the barrel truck Wow. And Perfect. then you guys can, we'll feed you and you can help move barrels. Learn how to move a barrel. <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I'm in. I think we're on to something. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. No doubt. Seriously. Is it, is it like fun. a, is it like a throwing forward rolling process? Like, I feel like I saw, I've watched our brewers do Cura barrels a couple times and it's like a very, like, you have to be very assured of yourself that you're kind of rolling it over. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, we have the process to unload the barrels. It's taken a couple of different forms, but the way that we, we do it now, we have a couple of pillows that we put on the ground and we're kind of just tossing the barrels and they roll out onto the floor. <laughs> that was not uh, what I was expecting. That was good. Yeah, I mean... They're not even pillows. Isn't it like somebody's old mattress? Yeah, I won't say whose mattress it is, but it is somebody's <laughs> mattress cut out. Yeah, we try to protect them. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. This is about uh, way better than I ever anticipated. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's 
it goes back to what happens at Warren stays at home. Well, hey, Leo, our safety guy, Leo, he he came and watched us do it. He said, plenty safe. He was fine with the way that we were doing it. Did we get that in writing, Dave? Uh, it was more of an ha- informal handshake. <laughs> we cannot. Nice. We'll have Leo on, so we'll get to hear his full story. Eventually. Perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. I think we have we have one more. I have one more. Oh, yeah. This is, this is maybe one. a personal yeah. question, uh, but I think this is a fun one to end on because you could just be like, I don't know, and that can be the end of it. But um, – I don't think I can ask what exact beers we have, but like, how is our, can you, well, first, can you explain the deep stash? And then also how is our stock on it? Or do we have a lot, a little, what's the, uh, what's the, oh. the situation with <laughs> Dave's wiping his face? <laughs> we got quite a bit. We okay. got quite a bit. Uh, I have the pleasure of counting it from time to time. And there are quite a lot of brands and we have at least a couple of almost every cool ship that I know of. Um, the oldest specialty 375 that I've seen, I think goes back to 2007. Wow. Um, it's tough to tell cause a lot of them are just like, it just says red on it and there's no year or batch or <laughs> date. So I usually defer to Dave York. He, he kind of has the institutional knowledge to figure that stuff out. Dave, Mitch, Pete, anything else that you want to say that you didn't get to say? No, just thanks for having us. It's been, uh, the hour went by really quick and we really appreciate the, the questions and the insight and, um, Look forward to chatting with y'all in the future. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Come on down for uh, Pete's griddle uh, this Friday. I'm sure he'll <laughs> have it going. Perfect. Perfect. We're in. Uh, we have a barrel truck on Friday, Dave. Oh, I think we might. I think that might <laughs> time up really nicely. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah. Well, thank awesome. you all. Thank you for taking yeah, the time. Thanks, everybody. It was awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. We appreciate thank it. You. Cool. See you guys. Bye bye. All right. Catch you later. Bye. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for uh, sending us your emails to podcasts at allagash.com. We love getting them and we love answering them. So we've gotten a couple. We have not gotten to necessarily many of them yet because we've been trying to plan this show out, but we're definitely going to get to them. I'm, I'm excited to answer some of these questions. I think there's they're really insightful ones and very uh, yeah. uh, specific in some cases, which is awesome.